to Books in the Middle, a podcast just for middle school books. Have you ever been shipped off to stay with relatives? Not because you necessarily wanted to go, but you realized later on it was because, you know, your parents wanted you gone? (laughs) That's exactly what happens to Joe and Mary Alice. They are seven and nine when they head down to stay with their grandma, Dowdle, who lives in southern Illinois. Now, Joey and Mary Alice are from Chicago, so when they get down and start hanging out with their grandma Doddle, things are a bit different. The year is 1929, but it feels like uh, Grandma's town has not even made it into the 20th century yet, including the fact that Grandma Doddle still has an outhouse, which really creeps Mary Alice out every time she has to go to the bathroom. So, they get down there, and they had met Grandma Dowell before, but it had been a while, and it was the very first time they had been to her place. So, they're going to be down there for a week, and right away, things get kind of interesting. For example, turns out there's this old guy named Shotgun Cheatham. Now, Shotgun Cheatham, kind of a local guy who's not very well respected. In fact, he ended up dying in a chicken coop. Yeah, he's a pretty penniless guy. But it turns out it was a very slow week at the local newspapers around the area because a reporter shows up hearing the tale that Shotgun Cheatham actually ran with the Jesse James gang. At least that's what Joey and Mary Alice heard from a lady named Effie Wilcox down at the coffee shop. As soon as Grandma Doddle hears this, she like harumps and says, that's ridiculous. Effie Wilcox, she's that ugly lady, right? Which Mary Alice and Jory are like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this. Our grandmother is talking so bad about this lady. So it turns out that not only has Effie Wilcox been spreading these rumors, that the reporter is totally buying into them. So he decides he's going to get some backup information for his story, and he heads to none other than Grandma Doddle's front porch. Now, Grandma Doddle doesn't like people. And it's pretty obvious, especially when the reporter shows up the door and starts asking about Shotgun Cheatham. To which Grandma replies, Oh, you heard that he ran with the Jesse James gang? No, 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 no. He was actually a decorated Civil War veteran. To which the reporter replies, Well, wait a second. If he was such a decorated Civil War veteran, why is he being buried in a pauper's grave? To which Grandma Doddle responds, That is absolutely not true. In fact, he is going to be laid out in a wake in her very own front room. Now, Joey and Mary Alice are completely flabbergasted as they sit there and watch their grandmother tell bold-faced lie after lie to this reporter's face. They can't believe it. And they really can't believe it when they see their very first dead body. And it's shotgun Cheatham. And it's because he's lying in a coffin, having the wake right in Grandma Doddle's front living room. Yeah. So everybody starts showing up to pay their respects to Shotgun Cheatham, who it turned out was not a Civil War person, and he was not a Jesse James guy. He got his nickname because he could not shoot the broadside of a barn. But anyway, here he is, this poor, stinky, dead old man lying dead in Grandma Doddle's front room, It's getting late. Everybody has left except for Effie Wilcox, who, it turns out, is Grandma Doddle's mortal enemy, and the reporter, and, of course, Joey and Mary Alice. 
Only a single lamp burned, and as midnight drew on, the gladiolas drooped in their pitchers. I was wedged in a corner beginning to doze, and Mary Alice was sound asleep on a throw rug. After the second beer, the reporter lolled, visions of shotgun Civil War glories, no doubt, dancing in his head. You could hear the tick of the kitchen clock. Grandma's chin would drop, then jerk back. Mrs. Wilcox had been humming, Rock of the Ages, but tapered off after, Let me hide myself in thee. Then there was the quietest sound you ever heard, somewhere between a rustle and a whisper. It brought me around, and I saw Grandma sit forward and cock her head. I blinked to make sure I was awake, and the whole world seemed to listen. Not a leaf trembled outside. But the gauze that hung down over the open coffin moved, twitched. Except for Mary Alice, we all saw it. The reporter sat bolt upright, and Mrs. Wilcox made a little sound. Then nothing. Then the gauze rippled, as if a hand had passed across it from the other side, and in one place it wrinkled into a wad as if somebody had snagged it, as if a feeble hand had reached up from the coffin depths in that one last desperate attempt to live before the dirt was shoveled in. Every hair on my head stood up. Nah, Mrs. Wilcox said strangling. She pulled back in her chair and her hat went forward. Nah, the reporter had his chair arms in a death grip. Sweet mother of, but Grandma rocketed out of her chair. Whoa, shotgun, she bellowed. You've had your time, boy. You don't get no more. She galloped out of the room faster than I could believe. The reporter was riveted, and Mrs. Wilcox was sinking fast. Quicker than it takes to tell, Grandma was back, and already raised to her apron shoulder was the 12-gauge Winchester rifle from behind the wood box. She swung it wildly around the room, skimming Mrs. Wilcox's hat, and took aim at the gauze that draped the yawning coffin. Then she squeezed off around. I thought that sound would bring the house down around us. I couldn't hear right for a week. Grandma roared out, Rest in peace, you old! Then she let fly with the other barrel. Nothing like a trip to Grandma's house. A Long Way from Chicago by Richard Peck